promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. I'm a wonderful person. Good morning, everybody. I hope that you have had a blessed Easter as we gather here together. That is actually Easter Monday as you are listening to this. And I wanted to let you know that what we're going to be doing here now uh, for these next few weeks of Easter is we're going to be looking at sort of a chronology. We're going to be taking a look at all the sort of post-resurrection, pre-ascension stories until we get to the ascension. Then we'll talk about the ascension. Um, But wanting to take a look at how the Gospels handle the discussion of Jesus post-resurrection. And so we will be looking at those from Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and wanting to dig in really to understanding what happens after the resurrection and why. But with that being said, let us begin. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Psalm 33. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make music to him with a ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song to him. Play skillfully on the strings with a joyful shout. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his work is trustworthy. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the Lord's unfailing love. The heavens were made by the word of the Lord, and all the stars by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea into a heap. He puts the depths into storehouses. Let the whole earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came into being. He commanded, and it came into existence. The Lord frustrates the counsel of the nations. He thwarts the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen to be his own possession. The Lord looks down from heaven. He observes everyone. He gazes on all the inhabitants of the earth from his dwelling place. He forms the hearts of them all. He considers all their works. A king is not saved by a large army. A warrior will not be rescued by great strength. The horse is a false hope for safety. It provides no escape by its great power. But look, the Lord keeps his eye on those who fear him, 
those who depend on his faithful love to rescue them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait for the Lord. He is our help and shield. For our hearts rejoice in him because we trust in his holy name. May your faithful love rest on us, Lord, for we put our hope in you. Amen. Gospel reading comes from Matthew, chapter 28, beginning at the 8th verse. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, Say this, his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. They took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you. Oh Christ. So I was going to start at verse 11, but I changed my mind and wanted to start at verse 8 only because it's sort of the, that's where the post-resurrection story begins, right? So the, the women show up at the tomb and they find the tomb empty and the angels are there and say, he's risen. Hallelujah. And uh, it finishes with them. He's going ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. He, he, he's alive. And so they depart quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. I've always thought about that fear and great joy. Uh, it's sort of this accompanying uh, understanding of the Christian life in being uh, fearful of what God will call us to, being fearful of also what God can do, <laughs> uh, loving God out of the reverence that we have for him, but then also being joyous that we have a God and we have a God that does amazing things, things that we cannot comprehend that cause us fear and yet to uh, rejoice in those things. And then as they're on their way, Jesus meets them and says, Greetings. Sup? How's it going? And they realize that it's him. They know that it's him, and they fall down, and they grab his feet, and they worship him, or um, they prostrate themselves before him. Uh, they proskuneo him, uh, this, this falling down on our faces. Worship is not necessarily the best music that we can find with fog machines and lovey-dovey lyrics and played on K-Love and all this other stuff. Worship really is just falling down before God, prostrate on the ground often. And many of us often need that more than we need the next jam session or whatnot. But anyways, that's a side note. And Jesus tells him, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be because you're seeing something that you cannot believe, you cannot comprehend, you cannot understand, but don't be afraid of it. But instead, go and tell. 
go and tell my brothers, go and tell those that know me to leave for Galilee and they'll see me there. I, I love that sort of commission, right? They're, they're told nothing very special. They're not given uh, some huge, gigantic message to deliver to the disciples. They're just told, go and tell, tell them to go to Galilee and I will show up there. Oftentimes we need to understand that all God comes to us to do is to tell us to go and tell. And the prayers are then that God will show up for people. If we, we worry about inviting people to church because we worry that um, they're going to get turned off by something that the preacher says or get turned off by somebody that we go to church with or that we're going to look like one of those types of people who uh, is the churchy derpy type type person. When the reality is, is what we're told is go and tell and God will show up in some way, shape or form often in spite of us. That's one thing I always have to tell myself uh, as a preacher is that God is going to show up with or without me. God is going to show up with or without my abilities. God is going to show up despite whether I am good at something or not. I just need to be open to what it is that God is going to do. And so that's where our hearts are opened to, to what it is that God calls us to. And so here Jesus gives the, the women this, this calling. And, it, and it's not to go and convince the disciples. It's just go and tell, tell them to go to Galilee. And we find out later they go to Galilee. But in, in between, sort of we have this, this, this intermission that happens between this story to sort of interrupt it. We have the soldiers, right, going to the high priests and saying, uh, yeah, we got this problem. Uh, he rose, uh, and angels showed up and <laughs> they, they terrified us, made us like dead men as the text says. And the chief priests say, okay, that's okay. Uh, you, you go and say that, uh, the disciples, uh, stole the body while we were sleeping and we'll make sure he doesn't kill you. As a soldier, I probably would have gone, uh, yeah, I'm not going to trust you that he's going to even listen to you. Why should he care? He's going to kill me as soon as he finds out that I was sleeping while I was supposed to be on duty. Um, but this this portion of the story, we, we always want to think about it as, well, this is trying to explain why uh, the Jews don't believe or explain why there are these stories about Jesus not really rising from the dead, but his disciples stealing the body or whatever the, whatever the case may be. And, and some of that can be true, I, I think, in, in many ways it is. But I think also the story is there for us because the resurrection is so hard to believe. People don't rise from the dead, do they? They don't. People do not rise from the dead. We know this because we have cemeteries, right? <laughs> I think the story is there as a warning to us of that many times we're going to go and we're going to tell people about the resurrection and they're going to do everything in their power to convince us that it's not true. And then we'll believe them rather than believing God. The resurrection is true, church. We have to hold to that. We have to trust that Christ is risen. And the reason why we know is that his bones are nowhere and his tomb is empty. But that just like Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, if he's not risen, then we're still dead in our trespasses and sins. 
that any sacrifice that he made on our behalf, taking our sins upon himself for this, for our sake and, and, and coming before the father and saying, I'm going to soak up their sin like a sponge and I'm going to put it to death and bury it in the grave. And I'm going to rise again. And those sins are going to stay there without his rising. Those sins still exist. They, they, they come to us. He's just another Jewish carpenter murdered by the religious establishment, the Jewish leaders and the Roman political leaders. But if he's risen, then he is the Messiah. He is the son of God. The story here, yes, it, it can be there to try and explain why there's stories about um, his body being stolen or, or whatever the case may be. But none of that, I think, can hold up. Instead, the story should be there to, t- to warn us, to tell us. People are going to try to convince us that it is not true, and we need to hold to Christ and the truth of who he is for us and what he has done. That is where we need to be. Well, finally, we get the Great Commission, right? The disciples show up at the mountain where Jesus had directed them, and they see him. And I love this little passing phrase here. It says, they worshiped him, uh, but some doubted. And I think that's a beautiful picture, not of doubt being good, because I don't think doubt is good, but it's a beautiful picture of the reality of us as sinners, right? Because we're going to have doubts. Even the disciples doubted. If you're going to spend your time never uh, saying, oh, I can never doubt, I can never doubt, or else I'm in trouble, I can never doubt, I can never doubt. The reality is, is that the disciples doubted and the risen Jesus was standing right in front of them. That doesn't mean that you become okay with uh, doubting. What it does mean is that you have to realize that at some point you are going to, but Christ exists to take that doubt away. It's the reason why we gather for church every Sunday. It's the reason reason why we have Bible studies and youth group and Sunday school and um, this podcast and, and all these things is to be there for us at times when we think, oh, I can't, I, I'm having a hard time in my faith. Well, God gives us these ordinary means of church and the sacraments, your baptism, communion that you might know of this Christ and who he is so that when you doubt you can come to the table and Jesus says my body was broken my blood shed for you and I am alive which is why you can eat of my actual flesh and blood here right now at my table and so then Jesus gives us this commission he says even in your doubts even in your fears even in your inabilities to maybe be the best disciple you can be. He says, go. All authority has been given to me. I have all the power. All I need you to do is go and make disciples. And how do we do that? Well, we baptize them. We give them the promise. We get them into the will. We, we allow God to adopt them as he is going to adopt them. We do it in the triune name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then we teach them. We teach them what it means to be a Christian. We, we, we proclaim to them the good news of the gospel. We get them to understand why this risen Jesus matters. 
And that includes observing everything I've commanded you, which is confess your sin. Come to the table. Hope in the Lord. Don't trust in yourself. Cast away your idols. Trust that this Christ is yours. And then with that, then being a disciple is a remembering person, someone who remembers that Christ will be with us always, even to the end of the age. And so here in Matthew, we have this post-resurrection appearances of Jesus and this post-resurrection story to try and help us as post-resurrection people to know that the resurrection, resurrected Jesus is ours and that we can trust that he will always be ours. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that of your ineffable grace for the sake of your Son, you have given us the Holy Gospel and have instituted the holy sacraments, that through the same we may have comfort and forgiveness of sin. We beg you, grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may heartily believe your word, and through the holy sacraments day by day establish our faith, until we at last obtain salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. See you next time.